The midterm elections are almost here, and every major poll has too many toss-up races to make definitive plans for the future. What do different scenarios make for our practices and our clients? And who are the key players to watch as we move forward? We'll find out on part two of this two-part episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and Chief Transformation Strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement that helps small and mid-market companies escape the fully insured marketplace and delivers stability, control, and savings without watering down employees' benefits or increasing their premium share. If you have clients in the educational institution or the engineering vertical, go to our website at CaptivatedHealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. Let's split for a minute here and talk a little bit about politics because it is a midterm coming up. What we hear, not out of D.C. so much because the sun has been obliterated by the Kavanaugh hearings of late, but what we hear in reports from elsewhere in the country is that healthcare is a very important issue to voters. What role might that play in the midterms? And are you hearing the same thing? Oh, I absolutely am. And it's interesting because I see in the mailers that come to my own house or you know, the phone calls that we're starting to get that healthcare stuff is coming up. And I see things like individual market premiums in this state have gone crazy over the last couple of years. You know, so-and-so has been in Washington or in the state capitol this whole time. It's their fault. Or, you know, this person would like to create a single-payer system and put us all into Medicare. I mean, it's interesting because both sides, both candidates are putting out these very extreme things that, you know, probably have a, a very small grain of truth. But, you know, when I look at them and that's what I see, but I, I do wonder what other voters that don't spend their days thinking about this type of nerdy stuff like I do, you know, it, it sounds very alarming. And so, yes, you know, polling suggests that voters respond still very heavily to healthcare. And so they may you know, it's going to be a big midterm issue. You're going to see a lot of commercials. If you're very in tune to the system, you're probably going to see some charges on both sides where you kind of like, oh, that's not really going to happen or that's not really what's going on. My guess is that that's probably true about a lot of issues that come up in campaign ads and healthcare is no exception. But that is why you were seeing some flurry of activity and you still see some bills being introduced in the House today, even though they're not in session where people are, you know, putting something, you know, just dropping a bill, filing it this week so they can issue a press release to say, you know, today I I I put out a bill to protect people with pre-existing conditions or today I put out a bill that would, you know, try to drive down prescription drug prices or, you know, whatever. And those bills are being put out there to respond to campaign charges. That doesn't mean that they're really going to move the needle any. So let's look beyond the midterms and maybe a little prognostication. You kind of know better than anybody I know how these folks think. What what do we expect to happen on the healthcare side for the next couple of years if if the Republicans retain both houses? Well, I think that if they retain both houses, 
That's a really interesting thing because I, I'm not sure that they're really prepared for that, but you know, Hey, they've been, things have happened that no one's been prepared for lots of other times before. (laughs) So I think that, you know, some of this stuff, if they really do retain both houses, it's possible that they'll be a little bit more emboldened and try and do something a little bit more aggressive again. I don't see a lot of activity behind the scenes. So, you know, the whole big charge that they didn't really actually have a good plan to go to, I don't think that that has changed. And if they retain control of both houses, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what their numbers are, especially in the Senate, because they will still need to meet that 60 vote threshold or they will need to change the filibuster standard. So we'll see, but they may just skirt around it and work on things like the tax cuts, which could have some effect on it. It's also a big push to do some things for employers. Now that the individual mandate penalty is zero, the individual mandate reporting still remains. So there was an effort to either you know remove or simplify that, although it does have some other reasons why that reporting is there relative to premium tax credits. You could see something to, you know, restore the 40-hour standard, change some stuff up for employers. I think that they will try and move on some clarifications relative to HSAs, you know, make it easier for people over age 65 to contribute, maybe smooth out some of the confusion relative to HSAs and telemedicine, those types of small fixes. And those are the types of things, honestly, even if we have divided government, could still move through because those are things that have some degree of bipartisan agreement. You know, those employer-facing things, those HSA things, prescription drug prices continues to be a huge issue. And you know, we'll see what they decide that they can actually do to help on it. So those are some things that I would guess they might move ahead with. Who are the players to watch on the on the Republican side? Who are the folks who are most involved if anything's going to move? So, well, it's it'll be interesting. So if the House does not, you know, so there's a lot of indications that the Republicans will lose control of the House of Representatives. It's still, you know, up in the air, but, you know, most of the, the polls suggest that there's a, there's a pretty good chance that that will be lost. The Senate is much less clear. So if the House, you know, depending on whatever happens, like who becomes the leaders in the House Republican caucus should be interesting to see. You know, it's all looking like it's because Speaker Paul Ryan is retiring. So we'll have a new leadership structure in the House Republican caucus. Some of the players there, like for example, you know, Kevin McCarthy, he's lined up to be the speaker. Steve Solis would be lined up to move up a rank. Both of them have a very strong interest in healthcare and always have. So, you know, that's that's interesting there. On the Senate side, I one person to really interesting to watch is Senator Bill Cassidy from Louisiana. You know, he's really smart. He has a medical degree as a practicing physician, and he's one that puts out like kind of creative, interesting legislation. And he's the one that's working bipartisan basis on surprise billing and some transparency issues. And so really depending, I would just say, I would say watch Bill Cassidy and what he's doing there because he is trying to work on a bipartisan basis, which is unusual, but he is also working on some different stuff that's not really tied to the ACA, that's consumer-facing, that probably a lot of people could get behind. And now, a word from our sponsor. 
Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects in the education and engineering verticals. The founders of Captivated Health have 35 years' experience working with healthcare and benefit clients, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems mid-market clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace. Until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems and does so with virtually no disruption to employees while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to your education and engineering clients that you advise. To learn more about Captivated Health's solution, go to our website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on our logo on the Shift Shapers website. So other than Medicare for All, if the Democrats take control of one or both houses, where are they at? Where are they likely to try to drive stuff? And and again, who are the folks to watch? Who are the main drivers? Right. So if they take control of one or both houses, they're still going to have divided government for at least two years. And again, not trying to get into other political issues, but I would say with divided government, there will be a considerable amount of time focused on other political endeavors that 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 eat up a lot of time, you know, investigations and and other things that they may want to look into. Some of the things that and and you know, while many of them are on the record of saying that they like Medicare for all, that's kind of like Republicans saying, I hate the ACA. That doesn't mean that they really have a good implementation plan ready to go that they could work with, that they could bring to President Trump, that they could come up with something, you know, to go together. So I, I don't really see that on a large scale happening. And even, you know, again, if they had control of all houses and a Democratic president later on in the future, I mean, that was a climate they had when the Affordable Care Act was passed. Notice they passed the Affordable Care Act, which you know does work with the private health insurance system, not Medicare for all, not single payer. They didn't even include the public option. The, the appetite was just not there for that. So that's kind of a that's a, a big scale solution on either side. I think is 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 something that you know we we need to keep our eye on. But I wouldn't spend a lot of time getting worried about it. I would say that they will also be interested in some of the public health stuff, the prescription drugs, of course, and then other additional consumer protections. You know, they may try to undermine a lot of the things that President Trump has tried to do on a regulatory basis or things with, you know, the association of health plans are not really, many of them are not really fans. So they may try to undermine some of those things. But again, if we have divided tr- government, anything they do is going to have to be passed by President Trump and signed by President Trump. So they'll probably try and get small things into bigger bills, which means that then you need to watch their leadership. So Senator Schumer, of course, is one to watch. And then also some of these senators that are currently ranking on the health-related committees, so the Finance Committee and then the Health Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. So, for example, like a Bob Casey 
serves on both those committees. Chris Coons is someone that works across both sides of the aisle pretty regularly on a wide range of issues. So he might be someone to watch. So Senator Whitehouse is also one that's really interested in healthcare. So all of those people, you know, Senator Warren, all of those people are kind of interesting and we'll see where where they want to go with things. But if it's divided government, I don't see any really super aggressive changes getting through. Is the employer exclusion still a target for one or both parties? Well, it always is just because of how much revenue it drives. I think that there's you know a great deal of effort to protect it. I think the biggest issue there is if they were to get rid of the Cadillac tax and feel like they need to replace it with something, a lot of times people go towards the employer exclusion. But for right now, what it seems like they mostly are doing is they're pretty I mean, while everyone would like to get rid of the excise tax overall, you know, it seems like their their strategy has been to just push off the effective date longer and longer and longer. That's just a much easier thing to do. But that's where I think that the employer exclusion could be threatened because if if you replace it with some type of cap, you know, in that way, if they felt like they needed to offset the revenue. Well, I suspect I, I want to clarify something you said before and make sure that our listeners are clear on this. As as the midterms are over and the, the next national election in 2020 comes up, is is this whole Medicare for all thing really more of a positioning and talking point for some politicians? Probably, yeah. I mean, because they don't really have the best plan for execution. Now, the concept of, of making changes to our national payment system and making changes overall, that's not out of the realm. But I mean, Medicare for all. Can Medicare really handle this? What does that really mean? I mean, that's something that sounds good. It's, you know, three words. But to come up with an implementation plan that's that would actually happen on a legislative and regulatory basis, much, much, much tougher. And many, many, many of the people that say that, they don't know anything about health insurance, how it works. You know, they're not on Medicare. They don't know. So if it's shaping up to 2020 and we're really actually going to have a plan, you know, the best thing to do is to look back to 2007, 2008 elections, and then the Affordable Care Act in 2010. You know, what people were talking about in 2006, 2007, the 2008 elections is very different than what actually panned out with the Affordable Care Act. So maybe just, this is just, you know, possibility. But at the time, you know, exchanges were the hot buzzword, right? So people on the Hill were like, well, we don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to have something in it that's called an exchange because everyone knows that. So if before we get to the point where there's going to be yet another big scale effort to change health insurance in America, maybe there will be something where Medicare comes into play because everyone's been saying Medicare for all. But that doesn't mean that what you say as a buzzword today really comes into policy practice. You know, we're talking probably 2021, 2022 at the earliest that some big change like that could actually happen in the American political spectrum on a national level. So we should be prepared. We should be watching. But really, between now and then, 
you know, all of us are involved in the private market. We need to be also looking at what the private market's doing. What our customers actually not want, not what Washington thinks that they want. What our states are actually doing right now to serve the people that we're all helping today. Those market changes and trends that we see in the market, that's also going to shape policy efforts moving forward. So we need to keep the tabs on that too. And that's something very concrete that advisors can do right now. You see the changes in the market. You see what products are coming out. You see what consumers are responding to. Look there. And if you want to help your elected officials, you know they're coming up with these talking points they don't really know. If you provide them with education about what's going on in the market and where the real pain points are and where innovation could happen, but it's being impeded by something on a legislative or regulatory basis, they're hungry for that information. We can help shape the political direction if we think about those things and give them those tools. And then they'll be able to work on those problems and not create ones that don't really need to be solved. And at this time of the year, if you're going to go see a legislator, you're going to go see them in district. Right, right. So, and then the other thing is a great time to meet with your legislators and get in there is we're about to see a lot of changes in state congressional delegations, some states more than others. I mean, my district is an open seat. So whoever wins is going to be brand new and, and both people running have, you know, really no concrete experience in Washington. I know on my agenda is, you know, to, to be friendly right now. I mean, I think it's pretty clear who's going to win the election, but you never know. So my, my stature is I don't really know either one of them. Neither of them are really doing it for me. They're not bad. Like I just am kind of sort of neutral on them. So my stance has kind of been to stay sort of neutral. I'm going to make my voting decision, but whoever wins, I plan to try and meet with them you know, end of November, beginning of December, go talk to them, establish a relationship because those people, they don't know where the bathrooms are in DC. Like they have so much to do. They need help. A friendly face in the district that can say, Hey, I know you're just getting started. I want to support you. Even if you don't like them and like what they stand for. I know a lot about health insurance. I can tell you what groups are paying in this this area. If you need to talk to an employer that's having some issues, if anybody calls your office and says, I have a problem, call me. They like getting those people. You know, if you think about it, when you start a new job, the people that are friendly to you in the first few weeks, that's really, really helpful. You look kindly on them forever. I would reach out to anybody new anybody that was just reelected and doing that after the election, but before Congress is sworn in, if you can get in to see them or even just say, hey, once you get settled, let's get back to this, it will be very helpful. And if then you have the opportunity to visit Washington, you know, early next year, all the better. And you can see them in their offices and start establishing relationships with them and their new staff. Well, and that, that, that's great advice to end on for both the political, legislative, and, and all the stuff we've talked about, which is be aware, be informed, and most of all, be active. Because if you're not active, somebody else will be, or there'll be a vacuum. Mm-hmm, definitely. So no matter what your thoughts on any of all of this, go vote, and then go reach out to whoever is elected with an open and helpful, cheerful mind, and be active. And I think you'll be able to do great things. Jessica Waltman, Principal at Forward Health Consulting. Jessica, always a pleasure talking to you. The breadth of your knowledge always is astonishing to me. I don't know how you keep all this stuff straight in your head, but 
we're glad that we have you. So thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much, David. I always enjoy talking with you. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. Thank you.